So you have feelings for her, and you have feelings for him. I don't care how you feel. How does God feel about it? If God is not in it, then it's time to get out of it. If you're not dating in the will of God, I think it's time to break up. Look, I don't care if we're getting close to Valentine's Day. If God's not in it, you need to break up. And use Valentine's Day to your advantage. Breaking up before Valentine's Day is pretty rough. And the harder the breakup, the harder it is to want to be tempted to get back together again with a person you know you shouldn't have been dating anyway. If you're having a bad dating relationship, it's probably because you're in a fornicating relationship. Don't sin. Sin is chaos, no matter what. You either either need to make boundaries or break up. But here on Spirit Signal today, I'm going to talk to you about how to date right. If you date right, you're going to get engaged right. And you're going to get married right. Because God has set it up to to be for us that one good decision leads to many other good decisions and vice versa. One bad decision usually leads to another bad decisions. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Lesson one, guys, don't go out and find a girlfriend. You need to get out there and try to find a wife. You're here to listen and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, a God Bible in Church podcast, bringing you the word in the year of our Lord, 2021. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, YouTube, and many more. Please subscribe. Give a great review and rating. Listen to our past and future episodes. Share a link or screenshot of Spirit Signal to your church, your friends, and your family. Contact me at spiritsignaljg at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. A little bit of news that we need to bring to your attention. Normally, we've been uploading episodes on Thursdays, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Starting February 19th, new episodes of Spirit Signal will be uploaded at 3 p.m. on Fridays. 3 p.m. on Fridays, starting February 19th. Podcasts are great to listen to while you're driving and while you're being driven insane. Let's talk about dating. Dating is also known as courting. It's also known as courting. And I think the reason for this is because people who have come out of the world and into the church, they associate dating with you go to a movie and then you fornicate in the car. Coming out of the world and into the church, we're called to be holy people. We want to repent from our sin. Uh, Sin will lead you to hell. And righteousness leads you to heaven, and we want to do things God's way. God's do things God's way, if that's even a sentence. Do things God's way. Yeah, that'll work. So many have adopted the term courting, and I'm okay with that. Uh, some call it being official. 
Some just say my boyfriend, my girlfriend. I call it dating. That's what I grew up calling it. That's how I think of it. I just like the term dating. And how I define dating from a spiritual, a spirit-filled, holy point of view is dating is simply exploring the will of God for your future husband or wife. That's what dating is. It is exploring the will of God for your future husband or wife. And hopefully it's not just exploring it, but you discover it. You identify it very quickly, hopefully. You don't want to drag a a relationship out long and uh, end up wasting time, your time, her time, his time, everyone's time, her parents' time, your pastor's time, uh, his siblings, his family, the whole youth group. And I've seen this happen. Uh, Youth groups, all of a sudden, it's just like uh, the air was let 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 out of the basketball. It's 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 like morale just gets low when there's unhealthy relationships in youth groups. It's awkward for everybody. So uh, that's why we're uh, bringing this type of content uh, to the Spirit Signal audience. Uh, Dating wrong is a problem. Dating with improper motivations is a problem. Dating uh, with improper reasons is a problem, not only for yourself, but uh, everyone around you. And uh, dating is hard. Getting engaged is hard. Getting married is hard. It's just the way this world is. But uh, if you do it according to the word of the Lord, you do it with the blessing of your parents, the blessing of your pastor, and you just simply follow the signs of a good, healthy relationship You're getting set up for a great dating experience, a great engagement, a great wedding, and ultimately a great marriage. Today we're talking about dating. Uh, We'll maybe get to engagement and marriage maybe in some episode, another episode. But let's let's start right. The root of it all. It is dating in the will of God. Uh, Like I said, dating's hard. And here's some reasons it may not be working out for you right now. Uh, A problem that I see is girls who have too many guy friends and vice versa guys who have too many lady friends Uh, a guys can't say girlfriend if a guy says she's my girlfriend that means they're in a dating relationship so i guess lady friend is a more appropriate term but you know what i'm talking about it's these girls that you, you look and you see them sitting down eating their lunch drinking their coffee and they're at a table with like seven to nine other guys and no other girls or you, you see a guy, he's always uh, hanging out, posting pictures of himself on Instagram. He's riding in a car with four other girls, no guys. And it's it's always that way. It's, it's the girl that always has only guy friends and the guy that has always only girlfriends. You know what? I, I've, I've observed this through the years. I remember observing this when I was a kid. I, I just observed this, these guys that are like, you know, we're just friends. We're just friends. And it's like, do you not have guy friends? And I would see this with girls. It was always just, oh, he's just my guy friend, you know. And and I just want to say to these girls, how is it that you're only friends with guys and you have no friends with girls? And then I would say to guys, how come is it that you only have friends with girl? You're only friends with girls, but no friends with guys. And after observing this, and I'm sure there's many reasons for this, many explanations for this, maybe even worst case scenario, many excuses for this is I think what it is. It's people are doing this to cover up having to get into a real relationship with somebody of the opposite sex. 
That's how it really is. It's it's girls out there that oh, oh, that's good coffee. It's girls out there that have no confidence in themselves to really attracting a good guy. And so they know it takes a lot. That's a deeper level of a relationship. So they find their self-confidence and their self-esteem in just having guy friends. And in a way, they just, on a one to 10 scale, flirt at the number one, number two way, two level for that guy. And it's just like a relation, a friend relationship. And they're just afraid to get into a serious relationship with a guy. But, oh, they got to have, you know, that guy company out there. And I think guys are doing the same thing with just having uh, friends with girls. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, growing up, I, I had a few friends that were girls, but my closest friends were guys. And that's because I knew that one day I wanted to have only one girlfriend. I only wanted to have one girl that I share my hopes and dreams with, that I share my life with. And that is a good boundary and a good balance to have. It just seems like the girls that have a ton of guy friends, they have a hard time dating. They have a hard time getting married and vice versa. The guys who have no guy friends, but a ton of girlfriends, they have a hard time finding that right one. Uh, it's just the way it is. It's just a psychological cover up and really it's a way of the world. And I don't think that's a good practice to, to get into. You're not setting yourself up to find that true special person. It's it's a very difficult, you're putting yourself in a difficult situation for God to have his will and his way in your life and getting married. So you might want to think about that, girls. You might want to cut back on how close you are to other guys that you have no intention of dating. And guys, you might want to cut back on your connection with girls that you have no intention of dating. You need to reserve your heart and your affections with a person of the opposite sex, just one of them, just one of them. Reserve those feelings for them. Reserve the time with them. Because let me tell you what, when you get married, guys, there ain't having no, uh, let's go hang out with my friends that are girls, my ladies' friends. That ain't going to work. Not going to work. Not a good boundary. And girls, if you have a ton of guy friends and you get married, there's not going to be no go hang out with the guy friends. It's just not the way it is. That is an unhealthy boundary. It's a practice of the world, and the world is the world, and the world has what the world has. We are the church. Uh, we do things differently. So yeah, you need to back off, assess that thing. It could be the reason that you're single and you don't want to be single and very unhappy. Okay? So that's a reason maybe dating's not working for you. Another reason is your timing's off. Uh, your timing's off. You're, you're trying to uh, date effectively too early in your life. Uh, you're maybe 17 and a half and you're you're trying to you know figure out life and uh you're trying to get into a serious healthy relationship with a guy and it's just not working out and it's because you're 17 and a half and i get it in the bible days they married young like that and maybe your great 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 grandmother uh who grew up on a on a, a farm in in uh you know out in the country somewhere she got married when she was 13 and you know had 26 kids and and her and her husband were lived happily ever after i i get that all right uh, cultures a little differently. Our society has shifted in a way where that is very difficult to do and very difficult to accomplish. So the will of God works with timing. It always does. So you may be approaching this too early for yourself. It may be a better idea for you to graduate high school first, maybe, or get your GED, your good enough diploma, perhaps, if they're still doing that thing. And then maybe perhaps uh, learn to become employable. A college education is a good way to, uh, to uh, approach this or internships or apprenticeships or any of those things 
Becoming employable may be what God has for you first and then move into a dating relationship. Either that or you're having a hard time finding the will of God because you waited too long. You waited too long. Uh, You're at an age where pretty much everybody your age in the church is already married or they are content to be single and want to be single because of the past, because of God's calling. Um, It's very difficult for the will of God to work when you have waited too late. So you want to go into this on God's timing and working with the culture that you come from and working with what your family wants for you and working with what your pastor is teaching. So that's how God's will works. You need to be pursuing the will of God in God's timing, the right timing. And uh, thirdly, while why dating is not working out for a lot of people in the apostolic church is people are acting like kids. You know, they're, they're 22, they're, they're 23, and they're acting like a 12-year-old with a girlfriend. And uh, the emotions are high, the drama's high, everybody's playing games and all of that. That's why dating gets weird. And it causes problems for families, the entire youth group, the entire hyphen group, and sometimes the entire church. Uh, you need to grow up. Dating is for the mature mind. Dating is for the mature spirit. You've got to leave youth behind and become an adult. Marriage is for adults. If marriage is for adults, then dating should be for adults. And that's a question I get a lot. How old, you know, how old uh, can I be to start dating? Well, the Bible doesn't really give a a specific date on this. It doesn't. But my calculation, my ratio, my recommendation for this is on, on the age for dating is figure out how old you want to be when you get married. Uh, for a lot of you, I guarantee it, you're picking some age between 25 and 27, 25, 26, 27. Maybe some of you said 28. Maybe some of you said 30. I don't. But very rarely does anybody say, "Ooh, I'm going to get married when I'm I'm 18, when I'm 19, I'm going to get married. I, I don't hear that nowadays, you know, but everybody's like, oh, I'm going to start dating when I'm 18. I'm, I'm 18 years old. It's time to start dating. And, and with no intention of getting married, they just want to get out and date and have fun, have fun, you know. Uh, you're doing it wrong. You need to be dating to get married. So what I think you do, what I recommend is figure out how old you want to be when you get married to get married, count back about two or three years. And that's when you can start dating, figure out how old you want to be when you get married, count back two or three years. And that's when you can start dating. I think it's a good ratio. I think it's good. It's going to save yourself a lot of problems, save yourself a lot of money, save yourself from uh, a lot of setbacks. So if all those things are kind of lining up for you, you're probably uh, doing it the right way. If these things are not lining up for you, you have uh, too many friends of, of the opposite sex, your timing's way off, you're acting like a kid, yeah, dating's not going to work for you, okay? So learn a proper balance of friendships with the opposite sex, get on a good time ske- a timing schedule for yourself, and act like an adult. You're on your way to having a great dating experience, which will lead to a great engagement and a great marriage. All right, let's, so let's say you have all those things uh, working for you. What are some signs that you need to look for that they are interested? You know, I don't believe that, as some guys and girls do this, uh, you have to have a certain personality for it. I know I did, but not everybody's like me. You, in that you, it, it's, it's hard to express how you feel to somebody. It's it's very difficult when you have feelings for somebody you like somebody in your youth group or another church or whatever 
Uh, by the way, if you're apostolic, you need to date an apostolic. It's forbidden to date a non-apostolic. First Corinthians 7. You have to marry in the Lord. If you want to marry in the Lord, you need a date in the Lord. Might be another reason to break up. Okay? Or do a little flirt to convert. If it works, it works. All right? So anyway, but when you have feelings for somebody, it's very difficult to act normal. It just is. <laughs> when you have feelings for somebody, you will begin to behave strange. And it's a sign to yourself you really like them when you start to behave strange. And you know what? It's very difficult to conceal. Your friends will see it. Your family will see it. Everybody will see it. Your pastor will see it. There's just that look that both guys and girls get when they get around the person they like. They get this look in their eyes and they they start doing the twitch and they, they can't sit still and they just say unusual things. It, it's just difficult to act like a normal human being when you're around the person you like. People just naturally uh, act awkward. I, I don't know if that's the way God made it or or whatever. I don't know. But it's very difficult to act normal. Keep your composure when you have feelings for somebody. Uh, initially, it's just the sparks, you know, that we call it. It's just those those feelings uh, you get deep down in your soul uh, for somebody. Um, am I saying that you have to act odd to know that they're the one for you? No, you don't. No, you don't. I don't even think you have to have sparks uh, to know that person is for you. It's not imperative to have those feelings. Because after all, marriage is not based upon feelings. It's about vows. It's about commitment. It's about making an effort uh, to keep love in your marriage. But I think initially, to have a good dating experience, you want to have good history with this person. You know, when you've been married 30 years, you want to look back and say in the beginning of it all that those were feelings were real and we still have those feelings. So you, you want to have those. They're not imperative, uh, but those uh, feelings do certainly bring those people together. So. I've noticed this. It, it happened for me. It happens for other guys. I know that when they get around the girl they like, they are all of a sudden unusually kind. They're all of a sudden unusually helpful. Okay. It's like these guys who are just happy to get a D plus in school. Uh, they get around the girl they like. They figured out she's a straight A student. And oh, all of a sudden they want to start studying for tests. <laughs> can we get together and do homework together? You know, I really could use your help. You know, I heard you're really smart and I need a good tutor. You know, all of a sudden they, they, they all of a sudden want to better themselves, which is a good sign by the way, but they just become, uh, overly kind. You know, they want to, they want to buy her coffee and they're very quick to compliment her on how nice she looks. Uh, they, they're just unusually very, very sweet. And that's a good thing. You want to be that way. And girls appreciate that. Let me let me tell you something. Girls like nice guys. Girls like nice guys. You, guys, you need to figure that out really quick. Be nice. Be kind. It makes them feel safe. It makes them feel secure. It makes them feel like they can trust that guy. So learn to be kind. Learn to be as sweet as can be. And the, the way you treated her when you first liked her, you need to treat her that way for the rest of your lives. That kindness. That kindness will solve a lot of problems. If you're married now, guy, and you're having problems, you probably got a kindness problem. You have a nice problem. Use kind words. Use kind actions. Uh, it'll, ma it'll make her day. Believe me. But then you have the girl. How does she act? I don't think girls act nice around the guys they like. 
Usually the girl ends up being really mean to the guy she likes. So guy, don't take that as a mixed signal. If she's being mean to you, it's a good sign she likes you. Now, if she's ignoring you, ghosting you on Instagram, direct message, yeah, she doesn't like you. But if she's always there, always talking to you, always around you, and she's really mean, don't take that as she doesn't like you. She likes you. It's a defense mechanism. It's kind of a way to deviate from her true feelings because it's really, it's a big thing to put your heart out there. That is a big step in a dating relationship when you open up and tell each other how you really feel. And I think a girl a lot of of times ends up being really mean to the guy uh, just as a defense mechanism. So if she's really mean, guys, it's okay to tell her you like me, don't you? You're into me and watch all of a sudden her eyes will start to sparkle and she'll say, yes, I do. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Guys, you need to become really certain uh, about this. If you develop feelings for a girl, you need to think about that and pray about that and get some counsel in that. You know, there's, yeah, I like this order, dating, become official, whatever, court, get engaged, have a wedding, get married, all of that life together. That's a good, that's that's a good schedule. That's a good order to do things. But even before dating, I think there's just that, that season of you need to know for sure before you ever even really start to spend quality time together. And that comes through, I think, prayer, observation, and wise counsel. You know, when you go up and, and tell and, and ask a girl for her time, uh, ask a girl for her affection, open up your heart, you need to go into it already certain uh, that, that that's the right thing to do. So and and plus, girls really want a guy who is certain. Uh, you, you've seen it; it's getting more and more popular. These people that get engaged and don't set a wedding date—they're like engaged for you know three years and shacking up with no wedding date. That—that that is, you're doing it wrong. Uh, that's the way of the world. That's the way of Satan. God's way is to be certain. Uh, don't have a prolonged engagement, but rather set a date, be intentional, and start your life together. That's how God's designed it to be. You know. Uh, so you need the more certainty, the better uh, a sign. You're not in a good relationship, but there's, if there's all these question marks, you need to be going for exclamation points. Okay. You need to get certain about it. Do you, do you like her? Figure it out. Do you love her? Is she the one for you? Uh, get certain about it and she'll follow you. She'll be loyal to you. Get certain about it. Let's talk about, uh, some signs that God is in it signs to observe that you are in the will of God. After all, God rarely ever just opens up the clouds and speaks to a guy or girl and and says, thus saith me, thou shalt marry she. It just doesn't work that way. God's will is often not spoken, but rather God's will is seen. God's will is seen uh, for many people. So there's a couple things you need to look at. If you're interested in this person or if you're actually dating this person to, d- to determine if it's the will of God, if they're the one, all of that, you need to um, take a close look at your spirituality and their spirituality. Ask yourself, since I've been with this person, has my relationship with God increased or has it decreased? You know, am I motivated to walk with God? Are they motivated to walk with God? Because God's will will naturally gravitate 
a closer relationship to him. You'll be drawing closer to the Lord. Uh, that person should motivate you to want to live for God and serve the Lord and be involved. Okay? So ask yourself that. If the answer is no, uh, it's it, it probably should break up. It's just how it is. You're out of the will of God. Okay, let's say things are good with God. Well, now ask yourself, are things good with my pastor or do I find myself avoiding my pastor? Probably because you got stuff to hide. You know, are things good with my church? Am, 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 I, uh, am I good with my church? Okay, that's a big one. Do you find yourself dropping out of church things or do you find yourself getting more involved in church things? How's your relationship with your friends? Or do all of a sudden now you have no friends and it's only about this person? Um, that's not a good sign. Uh, that's not a good sign. If the whole scenery of your life just begins to change, maybe th there's a lot of things I'm sure you need to change. And maybe perhaps you have some friends you shouldn't have and you're dating the, the right person and a good person and you need to drop those friends. But I'm talking about the core people in your life. Do you all of a sudden like hate them now? Do you have animosity against them now? Okay, maybe you do. If, you know, a lot of times you see girls that have a hard time finding a date and, find, and getting married. It's probably because they got a bad uh, friendship with, a, with another girl, a girl who is jealous of any guy that comes into their life and scares them off. Uh, girl, if you, if you have a, a, a friend who is, who is mean and hideous to any guy that comes around you, you need to drop that friend. You need to get rid of that friend. That friend is a problem for you. She really is. Think about that. So your pastor, your church, your friends, your family, all of that, do you find yourself closer to them in this relationship or more distant from them? Do you find yourself more associated with your inner circle or more disassociative with your inner circle? Those could be signs that God is in it or not in it. Uh, does this person also, uh, does, is this person motivating you to, be, to better yourself? Okay. Uh, do, do you find yourself wanting to make better grades, uh, to pursue a great career, uh, to be involved, to to have children, to uh, be a fam, to have family, to make it in this life. If they're challenging you to have good ambitions, inhibitions, all of that, that's a good sign. God is in it. But if you find yourself going from A's to getting straight F's, if you find yourself from being on the front row of the praise team to the back row of the sanctuary, you're, you know, it just dating in the will of God will motivate you to want to live life as abundantly as you can. But if you find yourself being lazy, you find yourself forgetting about all your hopes and dreams, you find yourself just really slowing life down, having major setbacks, you're not dating in the will of God. God's will for you is to move forward. God's will is for you to achieve. And if this person that you're with, this guy or girl helps you to want to achieve you're dating in the will of God. There's many things, and I could go on and on, but I'll just end it with this. Signs that God is in it. Do you see yourself losing your individuality? Do you see yourself saying, you know what? It's not about what I want. It's about what this person wants. It's about him and her losing their individuality and becoming one to operate as one. If you have that, you're headed into a very, very healthy relationship. Because let me tell you, desperation rarely ever gets God's attention. 
And if you're desperate, you're probably going to date really bad. You're going to date really bad. I don't care how old and single you are. Desperation is rarely ever going to get the attention of God for marriage. It'll get the it'll get the attention of God for a miracle of healing. It really will. But I've never seen somebody who is desperate and going to every singles conference and trying to meet every person that they can and put themselves out there. Rarely does uh, God work and operate with that. That's not really faith and trust in God. You want to get God's will in your dating, in your marriage, all of that, start having faith. Start having trust in God. Start believing God for it. And then, yes, go everywhere you can to meet somebody. He's not going to send somebody your way if you stay locked away in your house and wear nothing but a, a bathrobe and pet your cats and eat soup all day. No, you need to dress up nice. You need to go to good places and meet good people, and that's how the will of God is performed in your life for who you are dating. That's how it works. That I can tell you. Believe me. I had a major sign from God very quickly uh, that my relationship with Sister G was good. We met at a wedding on July 12th, 2008. That wedding, I was very discouraged with the whole relationships and dating scene. I had been kicked to the curb, had my heart broke, and I just was at a loss. But I never gave up hope. I never gave up hope. And uh, I had people who were connected with Sister G, mutual friends, which is a good way to meet somebody with mutual friends. But you know what? I, I heard about her. I knew she heard about me. Nobody introduced us. I just walked up and, and met her. And I'll never forget that first handshake and that smile and just that quick, hi, nice to meet you. And we you know, went into the wedding ceremony. And during the uh, wedding ceremony, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I was a, uh, a part of the wedding party. I'm not really focused on her, but I knew she was looking at me. I, I just, I just don't, you know, when somebody's looking at you and, uh, after the wedding, we went to the reception and, um, I saw her just sitting there, uh, for quite a while, uh, you know, and it looked like she was not having a good time. Everybody else was talking and she was just kind of there. And I thought about going up and talking to her and, and other guys I was around said, you need to go talk to her. And I said, I'm not talking to her. I'm not doing it. Well, the reception ended. I uh, changed out of my tux and into my regular clothes because I had to drive home that night. It would have been about a three, three or four hour drive from where I was at back to my to my home. It was on a Saturday night, had church the next day, had to teach and preach to my youth group, all of that. So I had going home on my mind. So uh, the, everybody who was in the wedding, uh, the reception was at a hotel. So everybody was still kind of at the hotel. Well, after I change, I come downstairs and I get to the valet. I give him my ticket and they said, Mr. Gleason, we'll have your car ready here shortly. Well, a few minutes go by, no car. I go up and ask him what's going on. It'd been like 10, 10 minutes. They said, we're still looking for your car. <laughs> we're really busy. And I said, uh, okay, that sounds, no, that sounds, uh, believable. Well, like 20, 30 minutes go by and there's no car and I'm starting to get worried and concerned. And they said, sir, we have your key. Everything's fine. We're just having a hard time locating your car. So then I got kind of upset. Well, while all this was going on, the lovely sister uh, G, she was sister B at that time, came downstairs with a bunch of her friends and uh, started sitting around talking. And, and by the way, no guy friends, by the way, all her friends were, were uh, girls, uh, which was a good sign to me. 
So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go over and talk to her some more. After all, we just only met. So I went over there, and there happened to be an empty seat right by her. Every other seat was taken, but there was one empty seat by her in a, in a crowd of about uh, 10 to 15 people. So I sat down right by her, and we started to chat a little bit about just whatever. And uh, that conversation lasted for quite a while. It took him like an hour and a half to find my car. So I got my car, and I drove home. And the entire drive, all I could think about was this nice, godly lady that I just met. And the next day in church, it got to it occurred to me, how in the world did they lose my car? I mean, that just doesn't happen. Valet just doesn't do that. They don't just lose a car. They have tickets. They have parking spaces. They have cameras. They have all this. How did it take them an hour and a half to get my car? And it just hit me. Well, stupid, Justin, that was God delaying you so you would talk to that girl. And that was just a sign to me. What are the odds of that happening? There are no odds. That was obviously God. And that got my attention. That next day, that Monday evening, I got on Facebook and friended the lovely Sister B and uh, sent her a private message and got her phone number. A few days later, I called her. I called her. And you know what? We just kind of small talked a little bit. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know what, I might as well just kind of put it out there. And I said to her, I hope I made a nice impression on you. And she said, well, I thought it was kind of, it was kind of uncomfortable hearing you how uh, annoyed you were with those valet. And I, <laughs> I said, well, they lost my car. Wouldn't you be worried? How would you feel if they lost your car? And she said, ah, you got a point there. And she said, well, I do like your hair. I, I was looking at your hair in the wedding. <laughs> and I knew it. I thought, ah, yes, I knew she was looking at me at the wedding. Well, she was into my hair. I had kind of uh, kind of grown out, uh, you know, late 2000s hair at that moment. I kind of miss that hairdo. Maybe we need to bring that back. Anyway, she then said, what did you think about me when you first met me? I thought, well, that's a good question. You know, that's a, that's a question. Hey, I'm interested in you. What did you think about me when you first met me? And let me just tell you, I know earlier I was talking about put yourself out there sometimes. you got to put yourself out there. And I told you, people behave strange when they have feelings for somebody. And believe me, I had feelings. I did. And if you can believe it, the first thing I, that I thought about and that I said it to her, I said it to her over the phone. I said, well, when I first saw you, the first thing I thought was, what would it be like to have my mouth on hers? Yeah. I said it. <laughs> And it got real quiet on that phone. And uh, I thought she would hang up on me. I thought she would say, you're a creep. Get away from me. But it actually made a very good impression on her. Because in saying to that, I'm not saying like, ooh, I want to make out with you now. It's not like I was saying, hey, it's all about the physical. No. It was me saying to her, I don't want to play games. I... I think God has set us up and I am very attracted to you. I think you are extra special and I didn't have any doubts in my mind when I first met you. But the first thing I thought was a commitment thought, a, a romantic kiss. That's what came to me. No doubts, no uncertainty, not, oh, well, you're a nice girl and I... 
I, you know, I thought, I thought this was cool and this and that. And oh yeah, what kind of coffee do you want to drink? No, none of that. I went right for it. I went right for it. I need to have evangelist Bobby Wade back on here and let him tell you (laughs) what it was like when he, uh, first met and started to get to know, uh, sister Wade. Oh, let me, it was very similar to mine, actually more intense. It's awesome. We'll have him back on here and he'll, he'll talk about it. He's got some great, uh, dating and marriage advice, but, uh, so yeah, we started talking on the phone and then it was time for me to, uh, drive up and see her. We lived, uh, about six and a half hours apart. Sometimes when I drove up to her, it was only five hours, five and a half hours. If I got to driving fast <laughs> and no traffic, no, believe me, the closer we got to getting engaged and getting married. Oh, I started driving faster and faster and faster and praying, Lord, blind the eyes of the patrol. Let me not get caught speeding. And I never did. But yeah. That first date, I saved up money. I budgeted and I took her to the nicest restaurant I could find took her to a very exquisite, nice steakhouse. And going into that date, I thought, you know what? She's the the type of girl, she's only going to eat a piece of lettuce for dinner. That's what she's going to do. But oh, was I wrong? Oh, she ordered a nice steak. I was so impressed. And she, and she enjoyed it. We had a really nice time and took a nice, lovely walk there uh, downtown in the city. And you better believe we did kiss on the first date. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. And, uh, I don't, uh, recommend that, but, uh, it worked out great for us. So yes, the uh, feelings were there. The sparks were there. The romance was there, but then also the signs that God was in, it was there, you know, uh, how, how we met, how we first saw each other, all of that, God orchestrated it. And I've talked about that in past episodes, but that initial meeting, my car getting lost by the valet for, for almost two hours. And it, if that wouldn't have happened, her and I would have never talked. Let me tell you, conversation is where sparks come. That's that's why uh, it, you got to be careful how long and how, how often you talk to a certain somebody because sparks may fly and that may not be the person for you. But talk is cheap. Do a lot of it. Talking is great. That's what our dating relationship was, was built upon, was uh, talking. And that's how our marriage continues. It's a lot of talking. But little things happened during those um, dating experiences where I gave, where I was given an opportunity to show that I'm a man and that I'm not afraid to uh, do what is necessary to keep life going. And I'll tell you the first uh, thing that happened. And let me tell you another thing. Her friends need to like you. Maybe they don't need to like you uh, as far as being friends with you, but they need to like you in that you're good for their friend, the girl you like. So anyway, uh, we were there outside of the church, and a lot of our dating revolved around her church, uh, which is also a really good sign. It was around the church, around her friends, and uh, I think it was like the second or third weekend, of, and actually, it was the first weekend I was up there. No, wait, maybe it was the second. I can't remember, but very quickly, the first or second weekend I was up there, one of her friends was on the cleaning team of that church, and she came running out of the church, and she said, oh, my God, there is a bat in this church. And, you know, I'm sitting there uh, next to my girlfriend and some of her other friends. We were all going to go out and hang out and have fun, you know, at, at the mall and stuff. And I looked up through the church windows, and sure enough, I saw a bat flying in circles around that sanctuary. And I didn't think about it. I didn't try to calculate it in my mind. I got right up and walked into that church and I said, I'll get, I'll take care of this. 
And I went in there and I've never killed a bat in my life. I've killed a lot of other pests in my life. But there was just something in me. I'm going to kill this bat right in front of my girlfriend and her friends. I'm going to do it. Now, killing a bat is tough. So it was like I looked over and appeared out of like nowhere was a broom, just just a regular broom. And I got that broom and I got up on the pew and I made sure that bat saw me. And I knew I couldn't get him in the sanctuary. I'd have to get him in an, in an enclosed area. You know, I know enough about self-defense. You know, it's bad to be in an enclosed area. So I thought if I'm going to kill in the life of this bat, it's got to be an enclosed area. So I, with that broom and just my presence, got it to fly out of the sanctuary, out into the church entrance and down a hallway. It kept going and it flew up into even a further hallway and even up some stairs. And I knew I had it cornered. And when I got up the stairs and looked around the corner, there was that bat perched right at the end of the hallway on the back wall. And I prayed. I said, God, give me victory over this bat. And I walked slowly. But as soon as I got close enough, I charged at that thing. And I mean, just like a lumberjack ready to cut a log. I just boom hit that bat, and it fell to the ground dead. Oh, I, I felt primal. I, like, raised up that that broom and went, <laughs> And, uh, then, you know, I'm not going to touch that thing. Lord, disease all over it. So I, I uh, got some paper towels in a bag and, and, disposed, and disposed of it and brought it outside and showed everybody my fresh kill. And I'll never forget looking at my girlfriend, Sister B, at that time, and she just, like, smiled at me and her eyes sparkled it was like that was impressive i took care of a problem you know think about that the next day on sunday her pastor's trying to preach and there's a bat flying around the sanctuary i eliminated a distraction i saved church that weekend i gained favor in her eyes and favor in her friend's eyes And let me tell you, when you're dating in the will of God, you'll have opportunities like that. I know that's silly, but it was serious to me and her and her and to her friends. You're going to have an opportunity maybe to fix her flat tire. You're going to have an opportunity maybe to help uh, her mother carrying groceries. You're going to have opportunities, guys, to demonstrate that you have what it takes uh, to lead, to fix things. You know, to not be uncertain, but to be bold, to have courage, to have faith. All of those things happen during dating. You, you, and the girls too. You get an, you get opportunities to show that you can do acts of service for each other. You can make it happen. And uh, I need to go back and look at my journals, but I am, I'm a hundred percent sure it was that first weekend. That first weekend, I went up to see her. Our first date. That I killed that bat. Yeah, it, it happened on the first weekend. So the weekend was over. I preached in, uh, at their church, all of that. You know, had a great time. I'll never forget driving away after that first weekend we saw each other. I mean, I was in love. I didn't say it. I, I didn't tell her I loved her until several months after we initially became official. But I'll never forget driving away that first weekend, looking at my girlfriend in that rearview mirror, and I started to sob. I mean, I cried for 45 minutes driving. And it was a sign to me that deep down and within my heart, I knew that she was the one. Oh, God, I'm starting to tear up right now. 
Tears are a sign. And when you feel God's love, what do you do? You cry. You do. And when you feel love for that special person, you cry. I'm telling you, you just do. I've just told you just a few things there. I, my, my, my story with my wife and I, how we met, how we dated, how we got married, it's, it's prophetic. I asked God for it and he gave it to me. And you know what she did too? I'll never forget in those first few weeks of talking, I asked, I asked her, what do you want? And she said, I want an amazing, romantic, godly love story. And I said, God's going to give it to us. And he did. And I've told this story on this podcast. And based upon the response I've gotten, my story has inspired people to date and get married in God's will. Valentine's Day is coming up. This is the season to find somebody. It's on everybody's mind. It is. It's really a good time. Believe me. It really is. So you know what? Look for those signs. Maybe your car breaks down. Maybe the valet loses your car. Maybe you don't get the job. Maybe you don't get accepted into that college. Maybe everything feels like it's falling apart. Could it be that God is putting you on hold to meet that special person? That's how God does it. Look for his will. Look for the signs. And God will give you the husband. He will give you the wife that he has for you. I'm Justin C. Gleason. I'm not a dating coach. I'm not a love expert. But you better believe it. I have the answers to how to date in the will of God. Okay, let's get to a little news that I think you might find somewhat interesting. Marilyn Manson. Ugh. He has been dropped by his booking agent, his record label, all based upon abuse allegations. Looks like a lot of his close friends and associates are denouncing him. And, oh, the cops have swarmed his house for a welfare check. What a mess. I haven't seen the name Marilyn Manson or seen a, a, a hideous picture of him in a long time. But he was a big deal when I was a teenager. Everybody in school loved him. And I don't know. I never thought his music was catchy enough for me. I was, I was more into like the, the, the sounds of grunge. That's, that's kind of what I liked. Uh, Manson was a glamour rock guy. And he liked to dress like a woman. It was, it was weird. I always thought he was gay. But uh, in the 90s, I'll never forget uh, seeing a, a video of him. And he's standing before his audience, and he's got a Bible in, in his hand. And in the microphone, he opens up the Bible. He says to the crowd, it says here that you got to be saved to go to heaven. But the way I figure it, you can be yourself and go to hell. And I remember when he said that, I, I can't say I felt the devil. I, I, I If best case, I felt God. I knew in my spirit what he just said was true. He's right. It takes being saved to go to heaven. 
If you want to be yourself, you can go to hell. And something changed and transformed in me at that moment. Because I, I, truthfully, I was about 14 years old and I, and I, the world was becoming appealing to me. Satan was luring me. He was tempting me. Because you know I'm approaching 18. That's the time when kids either really get sold out for God or backslide. And I just knew in that moment, and something just snapped in me when he said that. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to end up like Manson. I don't want to make it about myself and go to hell. I'm going to be saved and go to heaven. I got right with God in that moment. Sometimes it takes the darkness of this world to get a clear picture of just how much light truly God has and the church has. Oh, yeah. That's what Manson's made his life and his career about. All about himself. The Antichrist superstar. That's right. Marilyn Manson bringing the beauty of Marilyn Monroe and the evils of Charles Manson all into one. (laughs) So weird. That's what he's done his whole life. Do what you please. Do what you please. What pleases you and only you alone. Don't care about what pleases your parents. Don't care about what pleases your siblings or your pastor or your church or your community and certainly not God, just you. Well, as we're seeing right now, sooner or later, if all you are is about yourself, you're going to be left with nothing but yourself. You think you're the smartest person in the room? And I know preachers like this. Pretty soon you're going to be the only one in the room. So learn from the Manson mistakes. Learn from the Manson mistakes. You got to make it about others and not just yourself. Right underneath it, Kanye West is being sued by the Sunday Choir employees for his allegedly unfair labor practices. Oh, And amid rumors that he and Kim are getting a divorce over his alleged affair with the male beauty guru, Jeffrey Starr. Uh, First of all, let me say, Kanye's Sunday Choir was phenomenal. Is phenomenal. I mean, it's a great sound. And, you know, we're not really hearing choirs now because of COVID-19 restrictions, all the social distancing. It's very difficult to do uh, choirs right now. So to, to hear any choir is phenomenal. And I, I mean, and Kanye's a real talent. He really is. I, I can't say I enjoy rap. Uh, I, I do like the sounds of R&B and hip hop. That, that's, that's got some catchy sounds. I, can't, I couldn't even tell you one song that Kanye's done. You know, you just hear it here and there. I'm not, I'm not really a follower of his. Um, but he does write catchy music. Very talented. But I'll just say this. I have yet to take his walk with God seriously. I just I just don't see it there yet. I, I think there's been some change. I think he he sees that Jesus is the best thing going for him. Jesus is king, all of that. But when I see him on that stage, it's not about God. It's about Kanye being seen doing the ministry. That's really what it's about. And, and it's not just him. I see that even in the Pentecostal church. You know what I'm talking about. Them singers up there, they're up there. Uh, to be seen doing the ministry. And I'll, t- I'll tell you a sign for this. If you ever see a choir director who's got uh, a choir, a chorale in front of him, you know, f- 15 to 40 people, whatever, even bigger. And in the middle of that song, they turn around at a camper convention and they start singing the solo, their own solo. 
That is a sign. That choir director ain't about God, but it's about being seen doing the ministry. That person could have had anybody sing the solo, but, oh, they got to turn around and do their own solo and be seen and heard. You know, and Kanye's into that. He does that. Okay? Uh, that's just one of the signs I see. So I don't, I don't take his, his ministry, his walk with God very seriously. Catchy music, a nice sound, but typically when people get all about being seen doing the ministry, they don't make it about other people. Yeah, they're not going to compensate other people that help them uh, out with their performance. And I totally see Kanye doing that. And I believe it. I believe it. I think he's not paid people. He's not kept his end of the bargain. He's in trouble. And uh, him and Kim have always had kind of a weird look to them. They, they don't look happy with each other. After all, how can a man be happy uh, with a woman? Her sole, The sole purpose of her career is to expose her rear end. And, and I've talked about this before. It's not just Kim. It's other uh, women out there. It's just like this. You're, you're Kim has this uh, message that she puts out there for herself and other ladies that you don't need to be smart. You just need to be beautiful. The best thing you can offer is, is uh, exhibiting your rear end on Instagram. And I remember years ago when Kardashian got popular, I, I would turn on the, the news, read the news, whatever. And everywhere you look, there's Kim. There's Kim's rear. And it just sickened me. It just sickened me. It's, I mean, is that really what we want women to do? Is that really what it means to be a successful woman? Expose your body? Let me tell you this. I have no problem with a man or woman, but in context, a woman being proud of the way she looks. But you need to be proud of the way you look with your clothes on in the eyes of others. Your body is given for the eyes of your husband. And that's a part of the the Kanye West Kardashian perversion. It's let's everybody see. Let's let everybody behold. And uh, you can't be married that way. That don't last. That's weird. You're going to lure other lovers and have adulterous affairs. And uh, <laughs> this rumor with the Jeffree Star, this, this man who wants to be beautiful. Okay, I get it. A guy can be good looking. A guy can be hot. A guy can be delicious. But a man cannot be beautiful. A man cannot be beautiful. <laughs> Kanye West and Jeffree Star, if this comes out to be true, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, but nowadays the Christian world is not is about, don't judge. Get up there and sing. Get up there and sing with Joel Olstein. Get on up there and sing on Sunday mornings. Don't judge. Everybody makes mistakes. You know, and then you got people out there. This is the devil attacking Kanye's ministry. This is the devil attacking Kanye. No, this is not the attack of the devil. This is a little be sure your sins will find you out. So uh, I hope uh, Marilyn Manson's okay. I hope he apologizes, get things right. Maybe he can convert and have his own Sunday morning rock show. And I hope Kanye uh, pays people. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing. And I hope he gets it right with Kim. Uh, I'm telling you, you follow the word of God. You get into his will. You obey his commandments. You fear him. You're going to have an epic life in this life and in the life to come. So I leave you with this. So you have feelings for her. You have feelings for him. I don't care how you feel. How does God feel about it? If God's not in it, then get out of it. But if God is in it, you know what? It's time to start ring sh.
shopping. I'm Justin Gleason, your host of the Epic Spirit Signal podcast. (laughs) 